another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. And this is kind of a special episode where we're kind of doing a crossover with the 20XX podcast. Uh, they kind of have a Patreon attached to this to do some Mega Man themed art that builds on all the Mega Man games. And I'm going to do an interview with uh, Obey Cube a little bit later on, who's kind of running that, and, uh, and give you some more details on that. But we're going to cover Mega Man 5. We've not covered a numbered Mega Man before, and this will be our first time covering one of those, probably one that a lot of people skipped. I know that I could say pretty convincingly that all of us skipped it when it was new. But before we dive into Mega Man 5, Billy, what have you been playing since our last podcast? Well, you know, it's, it's that sad time of year, maybe the saddest time of year, where, where Halloween is over. Uh, you know, the, the spooky month of October has come to an end and, and, you know, the decorations come down and, and the video games kind of, they get out of the, uh, the, the horror games and, and the games fit for the season. And I just get back into my, my old norm, which is, which is playing through probably hour 50 of Hades. Um, I'm back at it. I have just been playing that thing continuously. I, it, it's, it's a great kind of right-before-bed game. Uh, you can get a lot done on there in about, you know, 20, 25 minutes. So I've just been getting on there and, and doing runs through there, and, I mean, the story continues to, to add new little bits. Um, I touted a couple weeks back the dialogue. I still haven't had any repeats. I still haven't. Still have not. But I, um, I also made a purchase a while back. Um, I picked up Skyrim again, but I picked it up on the Switch, and, and I got this several sales ago, and never really got around to it. I've gotten around to it, and let me say, um, it's you know the engine, the things on. It's not the prettiest game in the world to begin with. There's some nice vistas on the you know on the PS4 when I would play through on some other nice little things here and there, but I, I just never thought that game was a, a graphical powerhouse anyway. Um, so handheld mode on the Switch, I, I mean, I want to say it's still uh, nice looking for what it is. And who knew um, that, that that type of game would be so enjoyable? Uh, kind of handheld, kind of, you know, take it take it with you. I was sitting in, in a parking lot waiting for someone at an appointment, just popped on there for a little bit. Um, I, I think it's a great way to play through that game. So I have been doing uh, a little bit of Skyrim here and there. And of course on the Switch, I took advantage. I, I used a few Amiibos and, and I've got my, uh, my Legend of Zelda gear on as I play through. Well, I, you know, I, I was kind of in the same boat. I wasn't sure what I was going to play now that Halloween was over. I'd spent most of October playing the games we covered, plus uh, mm -hmm. a few other, you know, horror games. And now that it's over, I was, I went back and looked and saw what was I playing in September? What, what was I working on still? Uh, so I've spent the last two weeks just diving into the world of gang violence. So I finished mm. up uh, Necromunda uh, the, the, on the PS4. It's the, the it's based on a miniatures uh, Warhammer 40K variant where you have small gangs. Uh, and that's, that's a, I don't know if I'd say it's a good game. I love the original game it's based on, the, the miniatures game. And this does take a lot of the concepts of that game and make them into a more action-based squad um, combat game. Mm. I, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to play it out now that I've finished the scenario mode. Like, there's there's a multiplayer thing where you can make your own gang, and then as you, you know, take over, win combat, you get experience points, can build your team up. But the, the way Necromunda works, even in the, 
the miniatures game is that if you get hurt in a combat where you are essentially wounded out of the battle, you're not dead, but at the end of battle, there's a chance your character will have a permanent wound, like lose an arm or a leg or sight, or die straight out. So if that transfers to this as as brutally as it does in the mm. miniatures version, uh, coming in after everyone else has been playing this for months, uh, if there's even a, a, an audience on the PS4 playing this, means I'm going to show up with a bunch of like brand new kids and just get mauled down. They're all going to die and lose arms and legs. So I'm not sure how much patience I'm going to have for that. Uh, but I also went back, and I'm still working on I finally decided this is the year I'm going to finish The Warriors. I, <laughs> I had it forever. <laughs> this is the year for this it. Is the Most year people for say it. this is the week, maybe this is the month. Nope. This is the year. This is the year I'm going to finish it. I've started it, like I said, like probably 10 to 15 times, never gotten mm. past the third or fourth mission. I'm almost at the end right now. I think I have four more of the main missions left i haven't done a lot of the the extra stuff in it and i don't care uh, it's fun enough on its own i'm oh, enjoying it you you gotta care though you can unlock a um a side scrolling oh it's there uh, oh it's, is it there did it come for it the, the double dragon yes it, it's there from oh. the beginning uh, of the game on the on at least the vita or i guess psp version uh mm-hmm. you can you can get it pretty early on i think it opens up after okay, the first nice. or second mission so i did finish that i beat that <laughs> almost directly that just that that extra side mission game uh and now i'm going back and and playing the actual game i'm enjoying it a lot i I think it's another like like we mentioned when we talked about bully it's it's one of those rockstar games that i think is is short and focused enough that it really kind of pinpoints what makes some of those games really fun it does the brawler thing very very well uh but it also has the the rockstar uh, you know crazy missions there's a lot of stuff where the whole point of the mission is to just spray paint things and run around i mean i'm i'm enjoying it i'm gonna finish it finally uh i never really gave it a fair shot and i'm, I'm glad i'm doing it now so jeremy what have you been playing since our last show guys i hit max level in world of warcraft hey oh, just in time right. for shadowlands yeah i am ready for shadowlands but i don't think i want to play Shadowlands. <laughs> <laughs> um there's there's something that happens. I, I spoke last time about how they've kind of squished all this together where you can basically get max level in one area of the game now. But something happens whenever you squish that amount of content or, or that amount of playtime into just one little area in an MMO is that you just you don't become attached to your character like you do it through the hours upon hours and days and days of toil and, and awfulness of, of grinding through what used to be World of Warcraft to me. And this just literally seemed like I went through a tutorial area and I hit max level. And so I logged in today and I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm max level. What what should I do? And I just kind of looked around and I guess there's some in-game stuff now in like Silithus. Uh, you know, I've got all everything that I would have would have worked for, like all my mounts and stuff. It just kind of gives you now. Um you know, I didn't have to save up any money to get all of my uh, mount training as far as like speed and flying mounts. Again, um, by the time I finished the one area that I was in, I had more than enough money to buy all of that. So I've kind of just got everything that I wanted. And the whole like doing dungeons to get better gear and stuff doesn't really appeal to me that much in, in World of Warcraft. So I just kind of logged out and <laughs> stopped playing. <laughs> And I may try to play Shadowlands when it comes out. It does seem interesting enough, but I just didn't get invested in the, uh, enough into the game or my character. I wasn't able to form those, you know, those stories for myself that you that you make. Like I said, through those hours and weeks of just grinding to get to that level sixty, uh, or or you know whatever max level used to be, and seeing all that content and all the things that that you can experience up to that point. And now it's just nothing. It's it's like this game has been cultivated and 
homogenized to the point of it is just go to point A, go to point B, go to point C. You'll get all of this stuff now. You really don't have to work for anything. You don't have to deal with your talents anymore. It's just like maybe make a decision about which one you would like to have. And, and that's really about it. So the, I don't know, it, it seems so, uh, I don't know. It, it's just not the World of Warcraft that I used to know. And I know World of Warcraft Classic is out there, but I tried to play that last year. And after about 10 minutes, I did not want to ever play that again uh, because there's, there's no going home to World of Warcraft Classic, at least for me. That is just, it's too outdated and, and too tiring to play. But New WoW is just as tedious in another way. It's just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. And then when I got to the point of max level, it's, I just didn't want to, to try anymore. There's some people that are really into WoW, and I get that, and that's cool. I wish I could be like that, but this, this last time, man, this might be the, the least, least fun I've had playing through getting to max level with a new character of World of Warcraft. But uh, yeah, that's, that's all I've been playing. Hopefully, by the next episode, I will have played something that isn't an MMO or a looter shooter, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I was big into World of Warcraft through Cataclysm, and I even then, and that's still like, what, four, five expansions ago, I still thought at that point it was getting a little bland as far as they really cut a lot of the stuff out to streamline it and make it more accessible to new players, which is a good idea. I mean, they, you know, they obviously have millions of subscribers, I don't know what I'm talking about, but but I just found it to be, yeah, there was it almost felt like it was unrewarding. Like, you felt like, yeah, I'm just playing this because I could play it. I don't feel like I, I earned anything in a lot of ways. Until you got to the high, high-level raids, but then the amount of time required to do it, I was not willing to put in. After after two expansions of doing that and realizing, I'm spending four nights a week doing this. Like, four hours at a time. Not interested. Not going to do it anymore. So. Yeah, and like, as weird and crazy and tedious as Final Fantasy XIV is, there still seems like there's some chance of, of craziness happen, happening in that game. Like, there's enough crazy people playing it, and, like, the world is open enough and alive enough that it still feels like, you know, crazy MMO stuff can happen. And it does all the time in that game, and that's, like, the highlight of it. But, like, in, in WoW now, like it, it, like I said, it's just been so streamlined that it doesn't feel like any of that can happen anymore because of just how they've made this game so streamlined. And it, it's it's a big, it's a real big bummer because I used to really like all that craziness Um and I still do like all the craziness that can happen in MMO. And WoW is just not that game anymore, at least from what I've seen. Oh, you fucking nerds. Well, I'm sorry it wasn't as cool as the game we're about to talk about. <laughs> Mega Man 5 for the Nintendo Entertainment System. As I said at the start of this episode, there's kind of a crossover project. The One Rad T and One Rad Podcast uh, network. So I'll be talking to Kyle Von Kubik, a.k.a. Obey Cube, about why he picked Mega Man 5 and about the projects they're doing. And then we'll be back with our thoughts on Mega Man 5. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yes, yes, you're also a patron, but this is not a patron request. This is kind of a, a crossover. You've done, uh, over the last year, actually, you finished up, but I think on the uh, the public feed it may have just finished, uh, the 20XX podcast, where you've played through all the, the numbered main Mega Man games. So not the X games, not Mega Man Legends or any of the, you know, right. the, the ones on Game Boy Advance that I never remember the name of. Uh, you, you played through Mega Man 1 through, I guess, 11. Uh, and, That's and, correct. And the idea was that this podcast, along with being just interesting to listen to if you like Mega Man, was on your Patreon, uh, 
you had the offer for the patrons to kind of vote on their favorite robot master in each game, and you were going to turn that into a piece of artwork. I did my best. I'm very impressed by it. It looks very good uh, oh, so thank far. You. I, I saw that uh, uh, you know we were going to do this to help you kind of fund it, but I see that it's actually a fully funded product now, which is great. So if you're interested yeah. in... Uh, if you backed the project from the beginning, it's a T-shirt. But I know that on the Kickstarter, if you wanted a hooded sweatshirt or some other options that are out there. So what other things with this, you know, Mega Man style design, which I'm going to put a picture of on. If you're listening to this now, check our, our uh, any of our social media. There will be a, pa- a picture of this this kind of art for this and a link to the Kickstarter. But yeah. but what is the uh, what other things are you offering? Well, well first, let me thank uh, this show for being so supportive of the Kickstarter because you guys have retweeted it. And I do appreciate that. It is fully funded. And uh, through the Kickstarter, for 18 bucks, you can get your choice of either a Ringer or Raglan Type T. That's like the baseball sleeves. Uh, you can also get, for $48, a hooded sweatshirt with a design on it. And that's uh, those prices are free shipping to uh, U.S., uh, Canada, the U.K., and Ireland. So 18 bucks gets you a shirt, and $48 gets you a sweatshirt. No extra costs to, for shipping, um, which is great, I, I think. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think it's a pretty, pretty good deal for limited apparel. And that's the thing is, this is like the sixth project I've done on Kickstarter. Um, I draw different designs. I put them on T-shirts, and I fund them through crowdfunding. And once they sell out, I don't reprint the shirt, which makes it truly limited. So if you ever see another person out in the wild wearing one of my designs, it's kind of like a special connection. Well, yeah, and at a full disclosure, I'm a backer of some of your previous projects. Uh, I have I have both shirts, and I did pick up some prints as well, which are framed. They're all the ones I picked up are video game themed. I know not all of yours are specifically video game themed, but it seems like a lot of them are. Um, yeah, these were more arcade titles, but this this one, the All Mega Man one, I was very excited, especially because you know I joined your Kickstarter at the beginning, made sure I listened to all the episodes. Uh, I had yeah. not necessarily been playing along, but I had kind of. Uh, you know, on my own, had played through the first six Mega Mans uh, again recently when I bought the collection on my 3DS. And was like, oh, awesome, I'll play these three before, you know, these six, I mean, before the uh, 11 hit. So I was very excited about that. So I, I was kind of like right, kind of right where you were on these when I listened to it. Um, so now that this is finished and you've got this this Mega Man art, we're going to talk more about Mega Man in a minute because, you know, we're kind of cover Mega Man 5 uh, kind yeah. of as a time for this. But so you're now currently on the next iteration of this project uh, through the same um, the same Patreon doing a yeah. like a Saturday morning cartoon-based <laughs> like uh, based theme. So what, explain that one a little bit. Okay, so yeah. The, so the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club's the Patreon. And what that club does is it keeps me going with producing artwork and I have a drive between the, the listeners or the audience or the people who buy my shirts uh, to keep going and keep creating. And so I've expanded past my usual video game nostalgia based artwork. And I'm getting into Saturday morning cartoons now with a program called Saturday morning crunch. I've also bit off a little bit more than I can chew because I'm starting another podcast called Gotta Go Cast. Yeah, I've listened to both of these. (laughs) Yeah, which is a uh, Sonic review show where we rank every Sonic game ever created on a scale of one to ten chili dogs. We take ourselves very seriously. Uh, And because my other co-host liked the idea of ranking uh, video games to a food item, we also rank the Saturday morning cartoons that we watch and review on a cereal bowl ranking on how many bowls of cereal would you give uh, said uh, uh, 
Saturday morning cartoon. And uh, the, the games, as well as the cartoons, are both nominated by the patrons, as well as those people who live, leave us reviews on their different podcatchers. And you can check out the free feeds for those programs at oneradpodcast.com. So oneradpodcast.com will get you to, I think all the Mega Mans are up there now, right? On the main feed for that? I've just moved over to a, a different podcast host. So yes, the the 20XX podcast will eventually start propagating on that new feed as well. Uh, so I listened to the first the first of the Saturday morning cartoons on uh, Jason yeah. the Wheeled Warriors, which was one I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, this is this is my kind of podcast. I remember these cartoons. You and I are roughly yeah. the same age, I think. So we're probably yeah. going to have a lot of the same ideas. And also the the first episode of this of the Gotta Go cast was on Sonic Spinball. Uh, <laughs> yes, which, we which I believe as well. you recommended as well as somebody else. Yeah, I, I recommended it. Sonic games are this is the one I'm. I mean, Saturday morning cartoons, great, guaranteed. Got to get got a listener here. I'm gonna, uh, you know, yeah. I I that's the kind of podcasts I enjoy, kind of the the retro themed in entertainment. But you're only doing one episode, maybe two episodes, I guess, of each cartoon. You're not doing like an episode by episode review of these Saturday morning cartoons, yeah, right? Whoever you know, if you recommend a cartoon, we're just going to either watch the first episode or the pilot episode of that cartoon. Or we're going to do a little research and figure out, like, what's the most beloved episode or the most controversial episode of said cartoon. We're not watching the entire series. Right. We're, with Sonic, I feel like if you're kind of <laughs> staying away from the, the the five or six of those games, people are going to recommend. You know, you got Sonic 1 through 3. And right. I, I think Sonic Mania is pretty much universally loved if you like Sonic at all. Uh, and then there's some of the 3D ones that aren't terrible. But there are so many that are that I, I think that's a, right. that's a rougher uh, task to take on. I think the, the cartoons and even the Mega Man games. I mean, unless you really hate Mega Man, playing through all those, there are some rough spots, but not like you're going to see when you're dealing with with the Sonic library. Sure, yeah, I like giving myself the challenge. The 20XX project was a challenge because I don't consider myself, or I didn't consider myself a Mega Man fan. Now I do. Uh, Playing through the games, I learned to love them. But uh, when I was younger, I had a lot of difficulty with those games, and I maybe had four across all the different generations um of video game consoles so i wanted to challenge myself to play through those games and granted i save scummed a lot to get through (laughs) all those uh nes titles um but the game that you guys are going to talk about turned out to be like my favorite mega man ever and the one that i save scum the least which is mega man 5 so you mentioned that that you know you wanted to play through these because you hadn't played them all before. I guess before you yeah. started your your twenty double X project, how you know of the numbered Mega Man's, which had you played previously? I had played and not to completion. I had played Mega Man three, Mega Man two at like a friend's house, a couple stages, um, Mega Man X on the Super Nintendo, and uh, eight on the PlayStation and Legends, and that was it. Those were like all the Mega Man titles I had played and owned, and I hadn't finished any of them. As as kids, my brothers and I had Mega Man 1, 2, and 3 on the Nintendo, uh, and actually we had Mega Man 1 early, like before the, the original Mega Man 2, like Nintendo Power Spread was out and stuff. We somehow mm-hmm. got Mega Man because it was one of the six games at the Roses near my house, and my <laughs> so we picked it up one day, and it... At first, we were like, oh, this game looks, you know, the box art was bad, obviously, and it just didn't look great. <laughs> yeah. But the, you know, it's one of those things that as we play, we're like, oh, this game is amazing. And to find out they were going to have a sequel coming out once it was pushed, we were like, oh, man, this is, everyone's finally picked up on what a good game this is. But then, you you know, you look back now, and a lot of people never even played the first one. And playing it now, it doesn't have any of the, uh, 
any of the tweaks they put in some of the later games that make it a lot more playable and enjoyable. The, the least of which being any way to save your progress, <laughs> which Mega Man oh, 1 has sure. no password, no save. Right. Starting with Mega Man 2 that, you know, after that, they all have at least a password option. So, yeah, I played 1 through 3 to completion, you know, many times. 1, not as many times, but I did finish it. But 2 and 3 were kind of like the core Mega Man games. When you talk about Mega Man, for most people, they're thinking of 2 and 3, uh, if, if they have any experience with the NES ones. So starting with 4, kind of, they were coming out so fast. It was like one oh, a year, yeah. and, you know, there was already 16-bit systems out, so I kind of just ignored the later ones until I got this collection and played through them. So, I, you know, with my experience playing them back-to-back, I know you were playing them kind of the same way, one a month uh, for yeah. the podcast. You, you, you can kind of pick up on what makes these games incrementally better like what they've added to it what they've tweaked on it sure. where if you're playing it years apart you're not going to pick up some of that nuance but uh, but some things are very obvious this game's i guess big new addition is beat the bird if you can find him <laughs> yeah yeah he's a, a, ch- a bit of a challenge to get uh, actually get beat yeah. and then once you do have him he actually is really useful i'll give him that uh, he's He's one of those things that I didn't ever use because the first time I beat this game, I didn't find him because to find him oh, requires yeah. you to get the, ch- the pickups. But once I did, there are some sections of the game that before were like, like controlling breaking hard. And and instead with beat, I was like, oh, this isn't quite so bad. Yeah, beat is super OP and destroys everything. Um, if you're not familiar with how beat operates in Mega Man 5, you have to like collect all the letters and then the Roman numeral V or Roman numeral 5, which is a V to spell out Mega Man 5 and once you do that you unlock beat and then you just unleash his wrath on anything on the screen it, it's he's indestructible and he is the uh, prime weakness for Wily's final form in this game uh, I don't oh, believe he... wow I didn't even think to try that yeah yeah that's the easiest way to beat Wily um or you just save scum it like I did <laughs> but yeah, I don't think Keith unlocked him either. We both missed one of the letters while we were playing through. Keith is the co-host of 20XX, uh, I forgot to mention. Um, but regardless of beat, the reason I really enjoyed Mega Man 5 was because it was such a surprise that it be- it was like this culmination of all the good elements of Mega Man up to that point in one spot. And I don't know if Mega Man mechanically has ever improved past Mega Man 5. Uh, the veneer has changed. Graphically, it looks better. You know, Mega Man 11, I, I'm very fond of. I think it looks great. Um, but I don't know if the mechanics have really changed all that much from 5. If 5, you still you have a, a Mega Buster that has a charge-up shot that actually works, unlike Mega Man 4, where the charge shot was introduced, but it only did like one and a quarter more of damage or something whereas this is the charge shot you'd expect in a Mega Man game in Mega Man 5 the bosses all operate differently they're not just jumping and shooting at you like they did in Mega Man 1 2 3 and 4 you know they have different uh, elements to their stage their stages are all themed to you know who they are uh, most notably would be Napalm Man has a very Vietnam inspired stage which is a little weird for a video game for children but regardless uh gravity man is a space station and gravity man also in the battle plays with gravity so these were the things that would be carried on in my opinion to make great mega man games uh so that's why i really like it yeah you know the the soundtrack isn't my favorite of the uh 8-bit mega man and the bosses are probably not as memorable as others but this was really the 
the solid foundation for what Keith and I agreed to be a, a, a solid good Mega Man game. I think it's also one a lot of people skipped. I mean, it's it's. Oh yeah, well, I mean, and I, the biggest detraction from Mega Man Five is the fact that there were five Mega Man games on the NES. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it was just, there's just too many Mega Man games. We talked about this on the Twenty Double X podcast, where it was like they they didn't even finish like downloading the program for Mega Man Three for the pressing of the chips, and they were already working on Mega Man Four. They were just constantly pushing Matt year by year, and that, in our opinion, uh, as we discussed in the show, hurt the series because, again, as you touched on, these games came out when the Super Nintendo was out. Nobody was looking at these games. Well, and because they look exactly like, I mean, Mega Man 2 and 3 are kind of, again, Mega Man 1 looked pretty, but Mega Man 2 looked way better because it had the introduction of the larger characters, like the dragon right. that you fight in the, in the Wily level and stuff, a lot, like a lot of really large sprite uh, you know, well-animated characters. Three continued that, and then after that, all these games—if you just looked at pictures of them—look just like Mega Man Three. Like, there's no 100%. difference uh, up yeah. until you get to, you know onto the Super Nintendo for seven. The the rest of the games, you're like, yeah, this looks like Mega Man, and they come out often enough that you were like, yeah, I've played this game. I've played it three times. It was fun. I, I'm going to give this this series a break. At least that's what I did. So I didn't have a chance to try these before. But yeah, I, after playing through. You know, all six of them. Five definitely, I think, is a high spot in in the NES series. I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite in in the NES alone. I mean, uh, it's really, really hard to top two, in my opinion, as as the best Mega Man. I don't know if that's your opinion as well, but two is is maybe my favorite. But five is right up there. We had this debate back and forth the entire run of the podcast, which was uh, whether two or three was at the top of our ranking list. And I was able to convince Keith to switch three for two at the top because two was at the top of our list for a very long time. But the reason why I give it to three, and I know three mechanically handles uh, slightly different for like pro Mega Man players, but I ain't that guy. <laughs> what I really love about Mega Man three is the slide. And I think the slide is like, it's such an important improvement to that character. And the following games it was so important to make uh, strategies and boss battles so much more interesting because you had that slide. And I think even pro Mega Man players who love Mega Man 2 would agree that the slide was an, a, a very important improvement to the mechanics of a Mega Man game, which is why Mega Man 9 sucks. Is, is that your least favorite? I believe that's that what you said. That is our <laughs> least favorite bottom of our rank uh, Mega Man game. Mega Man 9 was, and you remember this era, Jeremy, where like the uh, mid early 2000s, where everyone thought they knew what a uh, you know NES hard game was, right? It was I'm a I'm a hardcore gamer and I play hardcore games, but they're not fun. <laughs> and the purpose of playing a game is to have fun. And Mega Man 9, in my humble opinion, is not fun. It strips away all the things that make Mega Man fun, which is rush power adapters sliding a charge shot takes all those things away yeah nine was like they kind of tried to remake two in ability but then the the difficulty was spiked way way higher the difficulty on right. nine as i recall was crazy hard and at the time i thought oh it's because i haven't played Mega Man in a long time and yeah these games no. were that hard but no they were extremely cheap levels uh in Mega Man nine it did not have the balance that the earlier games did um, it took a uh, franchise that was known for difficult platforming and then added in gotcha moments yeah and yep. that was untenable for me with the Mega Man game and it's the only game in our 
uh, series that I didn't complete. I, I remember I like called Keith and I was like, this is on you, dude, because you have rewind. I ain't playing this game anymore. <laughs> I'm done. I, when it came out, I was one of the people that was determined to, to beat it. And I did eventually. It took me a long time. Uh, and it was on the, you know, I think I had my, my 360. So it wasn't like I had the ability to do rewind. But I definitely died a ton. That game took me a long, long time to get through. And I, I tried to play it again in the collection because I got a collection too, I guess, that has it on there. And I was like, yep, that's right. I'm going to skip that one. I think 10 <laughs> is better than 9. Uh, but, yes, but I still think yeah. if you're going to... If you're going to find a newer Mega Man, I think 8 and 11 are probably the way to go. 11's great, actually. I was pretty surprised at how much I liked 11. And, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It adds it adds some more things to the game. You know, mechanically, it starts adding, trying to add some new things and having, um, you know, other enemy shots that actually have power up as well. It's not just, you know, the, the Mega Buster and nothing else. So I thought that was kind of a cool trick. And the gears, while I still can't really say I use them effectively, is a neat new mechanic to kind of speed up and slow things down. But that's on Mega Man 11. That's not the game we're going to talk about today, Mega Man 5. And so in a minute, I'm going to you know talk with Billy and Jeremy about what they think. But before we end our, our discussion on the game, again, thank you for recommending this one. What are the websites and ways to people to find, you know, first off, this specific Mega Man-related, uh, you know, clothing project but also your yeah. other podcast well if you want to check out uh my design for what's called 20 double x which is a tribute to the core mega man franchise go to 20 double x.com that's the words 20 double and then x the letter.com don't put in two zero xx like a goof i don't know where that will go <laughs> uh, and then if you want to check out some of my previous funded designs you can go to one com. Um, what's being sold there is the leftovers from the crowdfunding campaign. So once once things sell out, they are gone forever. And you'll notice that a lot of designs are on clearance right now because I'm running short and only maybe have two or three of certain designs. And then, yeah, if you want to hear, uh, if you like retro gaming podcasts, which I would assume you do, you can check out Gotta Go Cast and you can check out Saturday Morning Crunch at oneradpodcast.com it's one feed for all these different shows i just figured that's the easiest way to distribute these things i will thank you so much for picking this game and uh we'll be back with jeremy and billy let you know what we think of it all right and play the out foxies you goddamn cowards talked about my experience with Mega Man 5. Essentially, I've been playing since the, the start of the Mega Man series and kind of skipped over these later ones uh, until it was out on the on Mega Man 8. But what is... I know we kind of talked about this with Mega Man X, but but Billy, what was your experience with Mega Man before now? Uh, well, I, I, I picked that first one up, obviously. Uh, I think if you were at the age I was at uh, and you had your NES and you were going to the video store, um, you know, whether you had seen it in the magazines or just that, that unusual art caught your eye uh you played the first uh i played it uh really enjoyed it second one i thought was even better um second one i think had my my favorite ending of the of these mega man games um the the third one i also played through also enjoyed uh highly and that was the last one i purchased 
Um, I would, from that point on, um, I, I just, I, I, I don't know why. I, I just felt like that made a nice little, nice little trilogy of games. And from that point, I kind of checked out as far as buying Mega Man games. Uh, and, and the subsequent ones um, just, just kind of became rentals. Uh, just maybe once or twice uh, picked up at the, the video store, played through a little bit. Uh, I can't, can't really say if, I, if I've finished any other ones. Uh, for years after the fact, uh, ob- obviously um, through the the collection and 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 whatnot, I've I've gone back and played them more at length. Um, but yeah, anything after three, I played, but it, I just kind of touched on it um, a little bit, and none of them really I remember sticking out that much. And we'll we'll talk about it as we go on. But um, some of the things I felt back then, <laughs> I, I still feel to this day about. Basically all of them after three. I didn't quite get into Mega Man like uh, either of you did, I don't think. I mm-hmm. was never a huge Mega Man fan, which probably explains why my favorite is eight. But um, the first mm-hmm. time I played uh, Mega Man was back when I went to, I was going down to Kentucky to see my uh, fam- my relatives during spring break. And my cousin there, he had gotten an NES before any of us did. And he had three games. Of course, he had Mario and Duck Hunt. He had Mega Man 1, and he also had Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And so I didn't really want to play Mario because I played that to death. So this Mega Man game, I would sit down and try to play it. I was fairly young at the time, like maybe like seven or eight or something. And this was just, I think this was my first introduction to a game that was just really, really hard. Mm. And I just wasn't getting it. So I, I would get on there. And I would pick a stage and just die over and over. But, you know, I, I just never really got Mega Man. And, and, you know, why would I keep playing that when I could just go over here and play this super cool game, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which, you know, my seven-year-old self thought was the coolest game ever because you got to just run around as a monster. And it was terrible, absolutely terrible. But I seemed to enjoy it back in the day. So I never really got into Mega Man until later I... Um, maybe like a few years later when I got my NES and I finally rented Mega Man 2. And I actually really liked that game. I, I beat it, had a lot of fun with it. And, and that is my second favorite Mega Man up uh, compared to Mega Man 8, which I played later on. But I never really played anything beside beyond 2 until much later in life. I just, I got it, what they were trying to do. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I was never compelled to really play any more of it until Mega Man 8 came around and it had like amazing art and animation and stuff like that, which is what drew me to that. Uh, Not so much the awesome platforming and stuff that the older games had, which is what they're known for. Yeah, the the Mega Man games all kind of follow the exact same formula, the numbered Mega Mans. I I mean, Mega Man X still kind of follows the same formula, but has its own spin on it. Mega Man Legends is something completely different. I don't know anything about those Mega Man Game Boy games, uh, the Game Boy Advance games that are like uh, kind of, sort of strategy games. I don't know anything. Either way, the only ones I had really played were the numbered Mega Man games, but I loved those games. Essentially, in all these games, you don't have a set level path as far as, you you know, it's not level one, then level two, then level three. You can pick from uh, one of, most of the time, it's eight levels, except for the first game, I believe, which is only six. Other than that, I think they're all eight, eight bosses you can pick from, and they all have their own unique levels that are tied to that boss. Most of the time, uh, especially in the, some of the later games, the levels are really themed on the boss you're going to fight. And in this game, that definitely is the case. Uh, and then 
part of Mega Man's appeal is that not only do you get to get through this these kind of really tough platforming shooter levels, uh, but then once you fight the boss and defeat the boss, you get to take their weapon and you can now use it uh, as Mega Man. So in this case, you know, let's say you beat uh, you beat Charge Man in this game, and you know his his attack he <laughs> runs back and forth through the game, looks like a train, and you get the Charge Kick which means as you do one of your moves, which is a slide move, you'll actually do damage to enemies. Normally you take damage if you slide into an enemy. So it's kind of a neat way to, to build up your character. You don't have levels. You don't have to worry about you know paying for upgrades in this, in this game specifically. You just fight a boss. When you kill them, you get their weapon, and you can use it. Sometimes it's exactly what they used against you. Sometimes it's slightly different, but it uses the same concept that the boss was. And then after you've beaten all those bosses, you then go to a, another like final set of levels that are in an order. You have to go through them from start to finish. There's normally four or five of them. Uh, in all the previous Mega Man games, the bad guy from the get-go is a character named Dr. Wily. Uh, Mega Man was created by Dr. Light. Dr. Light and Dr. Wily are kind of friends, sort of, that then turned on each other, and, and Dr. Wily stole... Uh, all the, the, the like a bunch of stuff that him and Dr. Light were working on and then made these evil robots. And so Mega Man is the good robot that Dr. Light makes to kind of stop these other robots and the evil Dr. Wily. In the first four games, that's exactly what the story is. In Mega Man 5, however, the bad guy does not appear to be Dr. Wily. The bad guy appears to be Proto Man. Proto Man is from Mega Man 3, and he's turned out he's, he's the brother of Mega Man, like another uh, prototype version of Mega Man that is now, you know, somehow shown up and has these other evil robots, and he's trying to take over the world. So Mega Man's like, why would my brother do this? And so he goes to try to stop it. That's the story of Mega Man 5. Not very in-depth. NES games normally didn't have a very in-depth story, but that's where you are. Um, now, these games, as we mentioned, it's the fifth game in the series. The first five, actually the first six, were all on the NES. And they came out essentially every year uh, because... How do you fit that many games in the life of a system that wasn't around that long? So the first game came out in 1987. Uh, Mega Man 2 was 1989. And that's, I think, where a lot of people would have been their first Mega Man game because it was featured in Nintendo Power. It had, a, it had a lot of push. And it was really, really good. It refined all the things that made one uh, incredibly difficult and kind of tweaked them a little bit so that Mega Man 2 was a completely beatable game. Uh, things like saving your progress, which Mega Man 1 did not do. Um, 3 came out in... Uh, 1990, 4 came out in 1991, 5 came out in 1992. So by this point, they were coming out every year. And in 1992, we're already well into the 16-bit era as well. So, you know, a lot of new games are coming out for the Genesis and the Super Nintendo and the TurboGrafx. And yet, Capcom is still throwing these Mega Man games out that all look, if you look on the back of the box, they all look exactly the same as far as the kind of game you're going to see. They don't. Mm -hmm. It's like you look on the back of a box of Mega Man game and there's a first-person racing section. Like, nope, that's not what you're going to get. All Mega Mans are side-scrolling action platformers uh, with, with uh, in some ways, some very cheap deaths, in some ways, some a lot of memorization that makes these uh, very difficult games as opposed to just kind of going with the flow. You've really got to learn these levels, uh, less so in some of the later Mega Mans, but definitely the first Mega Man and actually Mega Man 9 were a lot of memorization. Uh, 5 is, is, again, I think a lot of people skipped it because... It was you know you already had four of these games and you're like all right I get I get it Capcom it's easy to just throw together Mega Man's who cares so I, I had never given this a real shot before I got the collection of one through six on the Game Boy or uh, I'm sorry on the 3DS yeah and, and I you know I rented this one I, I found that that like I said at the beginning one through three I thought were just were, were excellent games and you know they they really you talked about the improvements two made. And three was kind of the, the point where it began to be, okay, here's here's more of the same from two, little tweaks here and there. It was still still fun, and it was still, it was part three. It was still, still kind of new. Um, 
Oh, so when I play any Mega Man game, when I go back, I try to look at um, what's new. What is new? Because these games, I defy, uh, take a screenshot with, without a boss in it. Take a screenshot from a level, put it on there, tell someone, get someone to fucking guess which game it's from, what level it is. I, it, it's a lot of cookie cutter stuff with this series. And I want to discuss that a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it, it is more of the same and you're going to have two different camps. You're going to have some people to say, well, it's more of the same of a awesome game. And there's going to be people like me that, that kind of got Mega Man fatigue. Uh, so going back at this one, I did try to at least look at what was, what was new or what was tweaked in it. And I, I dare say, uh, besides, besides the very obvious thing that, that boss names, uh, they gave up on those a while back. I mean, we've got Char, we got Stone Man, uh, Crystal Man, uh, Star Man, which I thought was maybe a pro wrestling crossover. So I got really excited uh, there for a second, but it was not a, a luchador clad in a purple onesie. Um, it was instead a, a fucking you know guy that slings stars around. Very literal with all these boss names. But uh, I, I did notice a few neat things here and there. The the charge shot, which I, I think came around in 4, uh, is here. Um, it's it's kind of in full effect. Uh, I, I, one of the first things I noticed when I fought against the bosses, because one of my favorite things to do in these games is, is you know, kind of figure out, um, it's like Jeremy P. said, there's not a set order, uh, but there's definitely a strategic order. Uh, as far as fighting a boss, acquiring his weapon, going on to the next one, and using that weapon to, to defeat him a little more handily. I found in this Mega Man game, maybe more than the others, uh, your default gun, especially with that charge shot, uh, it, it takes out um, a lot of that strategic element. I, I found that this gun in this one, may, this may be the most powerful version of it, and, and it was pretty handy. And, and cutting down, I, I think uh, at least half the bosses I took down just with the just with the regular gun. Yeah, the charge shot was in four, and it's definitely stronger uh, and I think a little bit larger of a of a sprite in this one. Um, it, it does seem to do more damage to bosses, or at least uh, the you know the ones I used it on. Uh, much like you said that uh, there's a kind of a strategy in the order you take these levels on. Each of these boss robots has a weakness that is one of the other boss robots' weapons. So in a lot of the time, you, you'll want to figure out, like, okay, if I beat, you know, Charge Man first, then I can use his charge attack to get Wave Man. And, and the only way you're going to know this is by playing it. In some of the earlier games, especially the first game, I thought the weaknesses were obvious. Oh, I got mm -hmm. Ice Man. I'll use it on, on Fire Man. Okay, that's easy. That, that did a lot of damage. And I'll take uh, Fire Man use it on Bomb Man because he's a bomb. He lights on fire. Okay, that, that makes total sense. Like, a lot of those, those early games, I thought they... They could easily say, yeah, yeah, well, some of these are obvious. By the later games, I don't think it's nearly as obvious, especially when it's someone who's not just an element or something that has like a counterbalance. So you have to to try, in a lot of cases, just try any weapon you have on a boss, and hopefully it does a chunk of damage to them as opposed to just a little bit. And in that case, you know, oh, great, I figured out the order I can do this. If I make sure I have, you know, Charge Man already defeated and I have the Charge Kick, then I can go ahead and, and go right to Wave Man, and then I'll get to use him, and, and I can take... Uh, wave to Starman because Starman is weak to Waveman. Like that's that's kind of mm -hmm. what you do when you've played these games a bunch is learn that pattern to speed the game up. Also, 
every Mega Man game, and this is not really jumping ahead because if you've ever played a Mega Man game, you know it's there. There's going to be a boss rush at some point where you have to fight all these robot masters back to back mm-hmm. to back to back to back. So it's well worth it to know their weaknesses because you're going into those fights with, you know, one set of lives and, and hopefully you have some energy tanks or something to kind of refill your life or just are very good at the regular shot. Otherwise, you better have all your special weapons ready because you're going to need them to take on all these monsters at once, all these, these uh, boss robots at once. But generally, at the start of the game, you're right. You get to just kind of go to pick any level you want. It's a Nintendo game, so, so you only really have two buttons of action. You have a jump button, and you have a shot button. Um, the charge shot, you have to hold down your shot. Mega Man will flash after a, like a second of holding it down, and then he shoots a much bigger version of that same beam across the screen that destroys a lot of stuff. Uh, but, but at the same time, it's not something you can spam. You have to charge it every time you're going to use mm-hmm. it. But it's still extra, in, incredibly powerful, and, and essentially, starting in 4 and really in 5, if you're not actively firing at something, you're probably charging up. Like, there's no reason not to be walking around with that button held down so you can let it go when you need to on, and blast anything apart. Um, the previous Mega Man games have added things. The original Mega Man just had shoot and jump, and that was it. You couldn't slide. You couldn't do anything else. Uh, there were no energy tanks. It was just, you know, hopefully you have your life. You can find pickups as you kill enemies that give you more health back or more special weapon power. But that was it in the early games. Uh, they've added energy tanks, I think, in number two that lets you refill your energy at any point in the game. You can kind of save them up in your inventory, like when you switch weapons. Uh, It has a slide that was brought around in 3 that lets you, if you push down and jump, you'll slide forward. Sometimes that's just used to get through a level. Sometimes it's used to duck under bullets. In this game, they actually use it, uh, I mean, it's part of your mechanics. You really need to learn how to slide well in some of these levels, uh, especially towards the end. There's one specific area of the last set of levels that if you don't slide, you're not going to get through it. Um, The previous games added uh, Mega Man's Dog Rush, who he can use like a special weapon. You summon Rush to do either uh, jumping in this game or a Rush jet that flies across the screen. As you earn those things, you start with the the Rush coil, I guess it's called, the jumping one. Mm -hmm. But you find Rush jet later. Uh, The only thing this game added to the Mega Man uh, repertoire is he gets... Uh, he can possibly earn beat. So in each of the main boss robot levels, there's a hidden letter that spells out Mega Man 5. So there's an M, an E, a G, an A, M-A-N, and V uh, for 5. And if you can find all eight of those letters, then all of a sudden you've earned beat. And beat is a a little robot bird that will show up when you summon him. He's your weapon at that point. And he hovers around Mega Man and just flies into enemies and does a bunch of damage to them. Uh, So there's... He does a lot of damage, but every time he hits something, it takes away your energy like it does for a special weapon. So you can't just use him indefinitely, and you can't find any of the other ones while he's out. Uh, I, the first time I played through this game, I didn't find one of the level, one of the letters. There's a, a letter that's hidden in Stone Man's level, I believe. So I didn't have all the levels. I didn't earn Beat. I didn't realize how good he was. Beat is extremely powerful, especially if it's a section where you have to jump on these little platforms while guys fly around the room that normally would knock you off the platforms, because Mega Man, much like a lot of games, has a bit of a knockback when you get hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as bad as Castlevania uh, at all, but it's still there. And so a lot of times if you jump up and you get hit by a, an enemy, you kind of you know get flashed, you fall down to the ground, you miss your jump. This game has a lot of instant kill deaths by, um, by falling or by landing on spikes or by jumping into spikes. That's, a, that's a kind of a thing Mega Man does in general. This game does not abuse that, I don't think, for the Mega Man theory, the Mega Man series. It's nowhere near as painful as some of the other ones, but it's still there. So having a bird that can fly around while you're on these jumping sections over pits of death is quite nice. I don't know if either of you guys earned a uh, beat on this playthrough or not. Yeah, I, I made it a point um, after, because I, I recall that he, I recalled either five or six was the one where he debuted, um, and, and I never picked him up before. I don't think I really um, gave it gave it enough effort uh, when I rented this thing long ago. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I did uh, pick him up and and made it a point to get through there. It required uh, a little more trial and error, getting and, and finding. And a lot of times, I, I just found that it was kind of just a matter of my eyes not not picking up on it. Uh, kind of mixed in there in the background and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I did eventually find all those and that beat. Um, I want to say between your default gun being uh, in the state it's in, which is pretty damn powerful, you get that and you get beat. And I think you you can significantly um, cut down a lot of the difficulty in this game from that point on. He seems like he would be very useful for the last bosses. Like that that seems like that would be the reason to get him because he just you know, he just kind of zooms in real quick and, and gets a gets a hit in or whatever. And he seems like he does a decent amount of damage on top of what you do. So I mean, I didn't get him because I didn't realize what I was actually collecting these these uh letters for or, or what they would do. But yeah, it from what I saw whenever I watched a, a playthrough of it, they they got beat and it seemed like that was a, a pretty big pretty big deal to get you through that last castle if you didn't want to just go through the uh, go through it by yourself yeah there's definitely sections in the last the last castle where if you didn't have beat to make these jumps and get through some of these areas there's an underwater section that's again not incredibly difficult but there's a lot of jumps that could kill you and so to have not to have to worry about any enemies while you're making those little jumps is a huge help uh, since you can easily fall or get hit and it knocks off your your, your actual trajectory under the jumps you want to make so um we're not going to go through every level in detail. There's no need to. Uh, in general, Mega Man levels are not incredibly long. They do change from horizontal to vertical uh, in parts, but they kind of go... It's not screen to screen, but it's section to section. So if you get through the first, you know, the first horizontal section of a level, and then you get to a set of ladders at the end or something you're jumping to at the end, then it's you know, kind of changes and scrolls down to the next screen, and it starts the next section. There's normally a save point in the middle of each level. Uh, this game does not seem to have the mini-boss that some of the later Mega Mans had, where each, each level kind of has a large fight in the middle. This does not have that on every level. It does have its own tweaks, and some of the levels are worth discussing a few specific things. But generally... You know, you can start at any of the eight robot bosses that we talked about. So the robot bosses in this game are Stone Man. Uh, Stone Man, as a, as a bad guy, will jump around the room and sometimes turn himself into rubble before he jumps up and does it again. Uh, Gravity Man, who's actually, his level is really, really cool because you can change uh, directions. There's arrows in the level. When you jump over where the arrows are, you'll kind of go onto the ceiling or onto the floor, depending where you are previously. And it actually, you know, changes how you have to play. It still plays like a like you were on the floor, but you're actually on the ceiling as far as running and jumping. If you fall up into a pit that's in the ceiling, well, that's it. You're dead. You know, game over. So uh, I like that mechanic. And there's a lot of parts of that level where you're supposed to jump and in midair, you hit these arrows and kind of change where you're going and go down. Have to fire a shot at certain times to kill enemies. I, I thought Gravity Man was actually one of the coolest levels in most of the in, in any of the Mega Man series on the Nintendo. Um, Crystal Man, uh, who his level is is I can't remember anything noteworthy about Crystal Man's level, to be honest. Uh, Charge Man looks like a train. His actual attack is he just runs back and forth in the level. Uh, and sometimes he'll turn like a color and then shoot steam up in the air. Uh, he's normally, when I play the game, I normally start on Charge Man. I can beat Charge Man with my regular weapon without many problems. And then I know after Charge Man uh, to go to Wave Man. Wave Man is the, uh, is the mandatory water section, <laughs> water level uh, in the game. Uh, water in Mega Man makes you jump almost all the way to the top of the ceiling, but if you use your hardest, like hold down the jump as hard as you can every time, as long as you can every time, uh, you'll jump right into spikes in the ceiling in a lot of sections and die. So what, the water sections in Mega Man are about learning how to 
to control the distance of your jump underwater. And, and that's more tougher than anything else in the, in the water levels. Uh, Wave Man is, he just, if you have charge kick, he'll, he'll die pretty quickly. Otherwise, he shoots water, uh, like jets of water on the floor at you while he shoots beams. Um, there's Napalm Man. Uh, Napalm Man uh, is in uh, kind of like this cave military complex. That's actually a pretty cool looking level. Again, nothing crazy in the level itself, but it's a neat theme that meets uh, Napalm Man, who's this kind of a military tank weapon. Uh, Starman and Gyroman, which is the air level uh, in the game. There, there's a couple sections in each of these levels that might be interesting. Like Waveman has a section where you're actually jumping on this little, uh, like a like a wave rider that shoots, and you have to kind of go through this whole water section where you're just riding on top of the waves and fighting uh, guys that come at you from both sides. Plus these, it, it, while while trying to avoid getting enough damage because everything else there's a fair amount of damage to you. Uh, you know, nothing that's mind-blowing. There was nothing that they added to these levels that I think was like, oh, man, this is this is incredibly, like, thought-provoking, other than that they were fairly well-made and themed well to the boss, except for Gravity Man. I really did like that Gravity Switch level. Yeah, I thought, like, the Gravity level was, was a nice little addition. And, again, I haven't played three or four, so I don't really know exactly what they, they brought to the table. But, you know, there was that nice kind of uh, water sled stage in there as well. That was kind of fun, and, and it, you know... You just, I, I get so used to the Mega Man formula of how these levels would go where anything like that that breaks it up kind of makes it fun or, or just unexpected, I guess. So, it, you know, that stuff kind of caught me off guard and it was it was fun to see that was in there. Plus, it seemed like they do or like they did the, um, you know, the water stuff where you're jumping a lot higher and the gravity stuff, um, you know, where not so much the uh, where you're changing gravity back and forth. But there was another stage where you um, you could jump much higher, I think based off there wasn't any gravity around i forget which one that was but overall i thought the stages were okay you know they didn't see they seemed like mega man i mean that's what <laughs> they seemed like mega man uh, that, some, that's that's it um with, this could have been a short podcast yeah it just seemed like it was a lot of mega man with a, a couple little neat things thrown in there together as far as the boss weapons i will say that none of them seemed like they i don't know if if they just weren't on their game with this one or what but there were a few mm. a lot of the weapons you get from them i remember in mega man 2 specifically like having so much fun just running around and destroying everything with the boss weapons that i would pick up and it was fun experimenting with those these seem like they they're almost made for like specific situations uh there's that one again i'm sorry i forget which which bosses these come from the one that just kind of spins around you out of the screen or whatever uh, it's super hard to hit anyone with. Uh, there's Napalm Man. He gives you, like, grenades, which you just kind of poop them out on the ground. And they don't – It's it just doesn't – they're not very fun to use uh, overall. Like, there's a couple in there that, that seemed like they were pretty fun. But for the most part, I, I, did, I wasn't really using those. Like you guys said, the charge shot seemed, seemed like the, the one-and-done weapon you use for most of this game. But yeah, the rest of the boss stuff that I got, besides using them and, and figuring out which ones you use on each boss, didn't seem that much useful for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, I, and, and I, I agree. I, I thought the as far as the weapons go, this was kind of, kind of one of the more lackluster outings, and I think that probably added even more to me just running through this one with the, you know, just with the default. Um, I, I don't know what it is either. Uh, I don't know if they they thought they had. Got all the cool ideas out of the way, but and you know didn't really want to repeat anything as much as they could. Um, 
But yeah, I I was very underwhelmed. Like I said, already the kind of the you know, the robot naming scheme had kind of you know, lost a lot of its appeal to me at this point. And yeah, same with the weapons. Uh, I mean, the gameplay was still great, and thankfully that gun was as souped up as it was. Beat was a lot of fun, uh, definitely an advantage. But yeah, those those boss weapons uh, very off, and I and. It, I haven't played enough of six and I don't recall enough of four to know if that was the trend at this point. I do know it got better. Uh, it did get a little bit better later on. Uh, I, I do remember there being some pretty cool weapons in later Mega Man games, but yeah, this was just a, just a, an odd, maybe an odd time where the, the old creative juices weren't, weren't quite flowing. Well, I will say the okay. only thing that I, that I, I remember about this game is that this was the one that Nintendo Power did a contest for, mm. for to make you could submit your own drawings for the bosses, and maybe that's why a lot of these seem super generic. But like, yeah, there was a contest in Nintendo Nintendo Power. I still have the issue where you could draw out whatever kind of boss you wanted and submit it, and then Capcom would would pick the winners, and and those are the ones that are actually in the game. Oh shit. Well, so, that, uh, well, there, I, I, um, a piece of the puzzle just fell into place. Yes, this was this was ones where uh, Capcom had put out that that just like Jeremy said, the uh, make your own robot. These were all robots designed by fans of the series, not by the developers. Oh, now, right. my well, thought is, see, so so thank you to uh, to assorted eight to nine year olds around the globe for for their create for their creativity on this one. Well, Mega Man 5, when they did this, the only robots that were taken were from Japanese submissions. So none of the, mm. when you finish the game, it shows you the name of everyone who created it and everything. And none of, you know, they're all Japanese names. Uh, ja well, Mega Man 6 good, continued that trend. I know trend. how the education system is here. Well, yeah. And well, Mega Man 6 continued that trend. They did have ones from outside of Japan. But Mega Man 5 was exclusively Japanese fans. Uh, that said, I wonder, and, and in 6, I think it's even more obvious. I don't know in 5 if it's quite this bad. But it feels like a lot of these levels were already existing, and they just found robots that fit the levels they would have built. Um, hmm. I mean, maybe Gravity Man, because that is kind of a specific idea that you'd have this character that you know goes up and down to the ground, and therefore his level goes up and down. That's pretty. That's pretty unique. But you know, a lot of these characters, like Crystal Man, you know, you could have put him anywhere. He just <laughs> he just shoots like balls, yeah. crystal balls yeah. around the room. And, and there's Stone Man. You can guarantee there's any reason, especially after you played the first Mega Man. There's a kind of a stone kind of character in every game. So they could just say, yeah, we're going to do a water level, a stone level, an air level, and find robots that make those work. And so they use these these designs. In 5, I think the levels actually feel really good with each of these characters. Like, I don't think any of them were out of place. Uh, 6, which I have played, I think is a little more out of place. I think the robots are, are a lot more like, yeah, yeah, we had these levels made. So, you know, here's a military outpost. And, of course, it's a military robot. He looks like an Indian. Why not? Like, and that's <laughs> that's what they go with for uh, for Mega Man six more than five. But but still, I think that's probably why you don't use those level those those weapons as much as you did in the previous games, because these levels were probably all made with the idea of we don't know who the robot boss monster is going to be yet. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. let's go ahead and just design some levels and kind of tweak them so they met. They make sense. But nothing required those other levels until you get to the, the later levels.
beat all these eight robots, like I mentioned before, and you now unlock Proto Man's Fortress. Proto Man's Fortress, uh, much like all the previous Mega Man games, is more than one section. Proto Man's Fortress has four different sections. And when you start the level, it shows you the first path, and it shows you kind of that there's going to be four dots. That means four levels you have to go through. And they're, they're very difficult levels compared to the first ones because you actually have to use your rush coil, your rush jet. It's assumed that you have energy for those things. I mean, yes, when you mm-hmm. kill enemies, you can get pickups to refill those, but uh, a lot of the time if, you're, you know, if you've drained all your rush jet for whatever reason, like you're using it just to skip giant sections of the game because you don't feel like going through a series of jumps, you can use the, the jet to kind of coast over them all. But then when you do need it, you don't have it. You have to go back, find a place to fight that's safe, kind of farm guys by going back and forth or up and down into, into screens again to, to get them to respawn. It's kind of a, a pain because you do not have um, you don't have an easy way to to refill your energy otherwise uh, for your for your weapons. But you know still not bad. I didn't think any of the the proto man levels were incredibly difficult. All the bosses when you go through the proto man are just kind of these gray looking robots that all look very very similar. The first uh, level is on the outside of Proto Man's base. Um, there's a bunch of sections that require you use coil and jet. And when you get to the boss, he's just a robot that kind of has tank treads, gets faster and faster as you shoot him, but otherwise he's just a great tank. Uh, the second level is inside the fortress, and there are a lot of conveyor belts uh, on this level. Not too too crazy, but a lot of conveyor belts uh, with guys that drop bombs, and you have to make sure you dodge those. That's one of the sections I used beat. I found it to be very easy. If I had beat, they would just kill all the things before they drop bombs, and I wouldn't have to worry about them. Uh, the boss is looks exactly like the first boss, but without the tank treads. Instead, he shoots these like energy walls out from him, and you just have to jump over the walls and shoot him. Uh, the third section is on the top of the fortress, kind of heading to the inner sanctum of the fortress. Uh, there are sections where you have snakes, like in B- Battletoads, but nowhere near as terrible uh, at all. In fact, it's much, much, much easier. I hate to even compare it to Battletoads. Uh, the boss of that is just another same robot, but he has a giant purple cannon on his back that can freeze you. Otherwise, you know, all these bosses I just use the Mega Buster for. And then when you get to the last section, it's literally just shooting these pillars down while the the ceiling falls as you shoot the pillars till eventually you get to the last room to fight uh, what looks like, you know, the, the ultimate bad guy. It looks like you're fighting Proto Man. Then as soon as that fight happens, the actual Proto Man runs in the room, you know, shoots that Proto Man to get rid of his illusion and says, you know, it basically saves you and lets you fight the last boss. And you find out, oh, Proto Man's really not the bad guy. You won't believe who it is. It's Dr. Wily again. Oh, my God. Damn it. Now, we're going to get shit for, for spoilers now that you've done this. I'm going to be honest. If anyone out there... Is, is surprised that Dr. Wily is the ultimate bad guy from a Mega Man game, and you're listening because you care about Mega Man 5 specifically as opposed to another Mega Man, I would love you to write me a letter to let me know. <laughs> and we, we've, got some, we've got some shocking things to tell you about Bowser, too, as it relates to the Mario games. <laughs> but that, so that, and that actually is a good thing, I think, because I was not, not that I didn't like the levels, but to have those bosses for the Proto Man section, I was like, these bosses aren't even trying. Like, the, all the previous games when you get to Dr. Wily has giant bosses, has bosses that have some neat mechanics that you have to actually kind of really, you know, learn your weapons and what to do to fight them. So to get to these Proto Man levels, I'm like, man, these are okay, but wow, they really didn't try very hard. Well, that's because it wasn't going to be Proto Man as the bad guy. Dr. Wily's the bad guy, and of course, he's got four, uh, another castle that shows up that has, you know, four different levels as well. Th- those are actually more interesting bosses in general uh, to his section. You've got a uh, totem pole robot that's called Big Pets. Uh, just It literally has sections that, uh, three sections that uh, you have to shoot while uh, shoot the head while jumping on the other two sections as they fly across the screen. 
Oh, there's a whole underwater section after that where you have to fight a boss underwater that's very tough. There's, a, of course, the required boss rush that has the this this wily crushing robot they have to fight at the end. Then, of course, you fight the actual Dr. Wily at the very end, who has to have multiple forms. That's the rule of Dr. Wily. Uh, what I did not know until I had talked to... Um, to Kyle is that if you have beat apparently the last robot is is beat weak so if you have beat he'll be able to take out the last Dr. Wily form pretty easily which I did not know so yeah I mean Mega Man in general they're all kind of the same sort of game right I mean they don't change the formula up which in some ways is good I mean I I guess I don't need Mega Man to do a whole bunch of things if you're going to be a different Mega Man call it Mega Man something else and they've done that uh, the number of Mega Man's even up through the, the most recent one Mega Man 11 for pretty much all the current systems, is the same format, the same kind of breakdown. You have the levels you can pick the bosses for. You get their 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 weapons. You go fight Dr. Wily or whoever the enemy looks like it is that turns out to be Dr. Wily. And, uh, and you know, it's the same formula in all these games. They just add more and more stuff. Later games have a store where you can buy upgrades or they give you the ability to uh, buy, buy items that let you refill your health anytime you want, refill your energy anytime you want. I mean, it, it tweaks the formula, but it's still the same kind of game. Can I can I present uh, why why the there is a pass that Mega Man gets um, that few games seem to get because uh, I just I remember just endless shit being talked that that Mario doesn't change it up enough uh, that this series doesn't change it up enough this one doesn't this is literally just I most of these same that they they add different you know different bosses. Um, some different enemies, but Jesus, if any game, uh, was just more of the same, especially at a time, like on the NES where we, we've talked about some of them and documented where, you know, sequels on the NES usually took a, a jump, like a departure. Uh, you look at Mario 2, uh, Zelda 2, Castlevania 2, they all like dared to, to kind of try to do, uh, something way different. And whereas Mega Man has for forever, except, you know, for some of those spinoffs. I mean, if it's a proper numbered title, uh, besides little tweaks and sometimes not even that many tweaks, uh, it, it just keeps cranking out the same thing. And, you know, I, I remember that point in time where it's like another Mario's coming out and they're like, oh, the same old shit. Uh, and those same people, you tell them another Mega Man was coming out and oh, fuck. You know, they, they are all about that. I, I just, I don't understand. And I'm not complaining about the Mega Man games. I think, um, they, I mean, they all play great um, and they're good fun. I, I think it gets a little tiresome. Um, you know, the, the later titles just, because a lot of it does kind of repeat. And I felt like the series uh, kind of topped out. And, and continued on for years and years. I don't think it's really until X on the Super Nintendo that I uh, kind of became invested again in Mega Man. Um, but I don't know. Why, why is that? That, that this game kind of gets the blind eye as far as the, uh, the same old shit and, and not changing enough arguments. I don't know. I think it might be the same reason that Madden kind of gets this, the blind eye for a lot of people. <laughs> I, I, it's just... This Mega Man literally is the Madden of the NES. Like, I don't think there's any other game that got more sequels. I guess, on the I, NES. You know, you got you got your updated roster every year. Yeah, you get your updated roster. It's basically the same exact game. The graphics never change, and you know they kind of throw in some, you know, a little bit. Uh, it, 
to, to kind of throw you off. But, you know, there's always Dr. Wiley at the end, just like Madden. And so, like, you just, <laughs> you just, I mean, that's just what you expect Mega Man to be. So, I don't know. I think there were its fans. I know my brother is a very big fan of Mega Man for the uh, for the NES, and he played pretty much all of them. I think there's mm-hmm. just a lot of people that just really was down with that kind of challenge, these kind of levels, and and they didn't they didn't want too much to change. And Capcom never seemed to change much at all for them. So you know, good for them. But again, like for me, I just wasn't ever the biggest Mega Man fan. I do enjoy this game. Mm. I would like to kind of go back and play like three and four just to see what's going on. But at the same time, my favorite NES Mega Man game was Darkwing Duck because it just. Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I I don't think I'm missing much from from not playing those games. I could just play Darkwing Duck. But yes, I I, I mean, I really do actually really enjoy uh, Mega Man. So. but it's not something that I would seek out every year. I definitely didn't as a kid. It was something that I would just play once and then be like, all right, I'm good with my Mega Man for a couple of years. But then they just bring out like two or three more of them in the in that time frame. Mm-hmm. And by the time I came back around, like you, I did play Mega Man X. But when I did finally come back around to Mega Man, which was Mega Man 8, I genuinely had a lot of fun with that game because it didn't seem like it was just the, that exact same game that I'd been playing on the NES for all those years. So... Uh, yeah, I think this is a solid Mega Man game. I'm not the person that's just like, this is definitely ranked, you know, number three out of the four. Mm. You know, you put it in, you slot it in here, but it isn't, doesn't have this kind of thing. It doesn't have the fun weapons. To me, it's a fun Mega Man game, and that's that's best I can do with it. I would like to say I don't think there's a bad Mega Man game necessarily. I mean, there's some that are better than others. Uh, I would say if you have to pick a bad one, I'd probably go with nine. Uh, but But generally, they're all good games. So... All these games came out so fast on the Nintendo. You know, I had Mega Man 1. I loved Mega Man 2. When Mega Man 3 came out, we had it. And we were like, yeah, this was fun. But I didn't think it was as good as 2. And then 4 literally shows up a year later. 5 after that. So, I I mean, after 3, I didn't buy any of these. I didn't have 4, 5, or 6 at the time. I don't even remember renting or playing 4, 5, and 6 at the time. Uh, 7 was only on the Super Nintendo. So, I, I did not have that. And then after Mega Man 7, uh, so, you know, one through six came out in the Nintendo. Six came out in 1993. Uh, 1995, Mega Man Seven came out. 1996 would have been Mega Man Eight for the uh, almost like the 20 year anniversary of when Mega Man was released in Japan. I got very excited about that. I was working in the game store at that time, but it was not a high volume release. I think when it came out, we got all four or five copies, and I had bought one day one. And I don't remember if we sold any others for a while. I remember everyone else that I worked with that was also you know big into games like I was. Like, yeah, why do you care about Mega Man? And I'm like, what are you talking about? This looks just like you remember the old games looking, but it actually looks like that. You know, it really looks like it's a bunch of cartoons, not just kind of looks like cartoons, but at the time, the Nintendo couldn't do what this is doing. This is great. But I still liked Mega Man 8, but I still looked at it as a a throwback title even then. I mean, it, it was a 2D game on the PlayStation that was still, you know, animated sprites as opposed to going full polygons like everything else did. And then they didn't do a Mega Man for quite a long time. So that was in 1996. The actual next numbered Mega Man didn't happen until 2008. So 12 years later for Mega Man 9, and when 9 came out, it was targeted specifically at, hey, remember how hard Mega Man games were? And, and you know, the, the original Mega Man NES style, we're going to make one that looks just like that. So it's not new graphics, it's not upgraded, it looks like a Nintendo game. And it plays like you remember the Nintendo games playing, except that it's nowhere near as well made. The levels are not nearly as well designed, they're much cheaper, you have to memorize to get through the entire game. 
The bosses are very hard at first. Until you find the weakness, they're almost impossible. Uh, I, I did not enjoy Mega Man 9 at the time. I finished it kind of out of spite, but playing through them again now, 9's the one I'd skip every time. It's just nowhere near as balanced or fun. And they got rid of all those upgrades. You don't have all the stuff you had by the end of Mega Man 6, even. You don't have um, the, the extra slide. You don't have beat. You don't have all this other stuff. You just It's pretty much straight up what you had in Mega Man 2, just again, but nowhere near as well made. 10 came out. Two years after that, that was a much simpler Mega Man game. It did have some of those upgrades. It did have uh, all the, the bells and whistles that made the later Mega Man games fun. But they still targeted it at, you know, hey, you know, this is the last Mega Man. It's number 10. We have another one. It looks like the NAS. Enjoy this, everybody. And that was it. And then it took another eight years until Mega Man 11 came out in 2018 for all the current systems. And I was super excited about that, especially because, and I think we talked about this during Mega Man X, uh, was that uh, th- that was the same time that uh, Mighty Number no. 9 was coming out that was supposed to be the next Mega Man by, if, you know, by, by the same people and everything. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. And it was not. It was trash. It was nowhere near as good. So to have an actual Mega Man come out, even though it may have been a different development team, uh, it was still it still felt a lot more like Mega Man than those previous games. And I liked all those. So I, I like them now because they are so infrequent. And so I always enjoy when one comes out. But if they were coming out every year again, I would quickly lose interest in this game, in this series of games, because it doesn't change. And in some ways, that's great because you know exactly what you're getting. Uh, but other ways, if you're looking for something new and interesting and you really like Mega Man, try the X series. Try the you know any of the other Mega Man games because especially you know the middle ground of these, they all get pretty repetitive. So that's our thoughts on Mega Man 5. Again, if you really like the Mega Man series and you want an in-depth look at each game where you do go through each level and each boss with some you know very detailed, I highly recommend checking out the 20 X series that will be showing up on one red podcast. Uh, which, again, uh, we will have links to uh, all of these things, including the art project based on the Mega Man uh, robot masters from each game. So we're going to not talk about Mega Man. We hadn't, in what, five years? We managed to avoid a numbered Mega Man, and we've already talked about Next, and we've talked about uh, the 3D Mega Man, so I think we've been all Mega Man out. But if you had a question about a Mega Man game, you could easily send it to us, and the best way to do that is to go to retrovania.net and at the very bottom of the page that has all links to all our social media and everything else there's a question form it's one of the best question forms on the entire internet you fill that out you put your question in it comes to us in an email and jeremy will read it right now and we'll answer it that's exactly what i'm going to do right now unfortunately none of these questions are about mega man but bradley p is going to write in about video game food so Mm. sit down to the dinner table guys I'm sure we'd all agree that we've eaten some questionable things throughout our lives, but I don't think any of us have ever eaten anything as shady as food power-ups in video games, whether it's a turkey leg that's been hiding inside of a stone wall or underwater pizza. Video game characters can't seem to catch a break in their everyday diets. Do any of you guys have any favorite memorable food power-ups from your favorite games? Thanks for reading my question. Cheers. Fucking trash, eating out of the trash can in Final Fight. Um, never fails. <laughs> I, I think that was like a side-scrolling staple. What Streets of Rage had trash can food too, didn't it? Oh yeah, trash that, cans that, or boxes. That was, uh, <laughs> I, that was like a staple. Um, uh, just getting you get you that turkey leg, get that big piece of ham or a cheeseburger out of the fucking trash. I think side scrollers, uh, '90s side scrollers in general, all, all had probably my most memorable. <laughs> Foods, anything that came out of a trash can, whether it was, I'm assuming, a, a half drinking soda, um, you know, a, a big piece of ham. Yeah, I, I, 
God, I, I, you know, I don't know what's worse. Um, uh, a fresh piece of ham uh, that you, on Castlevania, that you found behind a bricked-up castle wall or a fucking big bit of turkey out of a trash can. I don't know which one I'd come down on first. Well, you already mentioned, you know, Castlevania, and that that's really the one when this question was worded just made me think of Castlevania Symphony of the Night because mm-hmm. all the food in there is just, you know, you kill a a zombie underground and he drops a, a pizza. You're like, okay, I'll eat that pizza. Like, I probably won't eat that pizza if it fell off of a zombie underground. But the other 8-bit game that I was thinking of that has a lot of food in it was we just covered a while ago on, I think, a bonus show, was River City Ransom. Because all the food in there, mm. you go to these little stores and you buy uh, a, a Merv sandwich or whatever. And, <laughs> and you don't know exactly what it does, how it's going to help you. But it was cool to just go up and you go to the counter and tell the girl what you want. And I don't know why I thought that was so awesome at the time. Uh, in current games, I know it's not retro gaming, but I actually love cooking in in like RPGs or MMOs for no reason. I mean, even in a game like Breath of the Wild, you got the ability to make food that you actually got to sit there and put the ingredients in. It does different stat upgrades or different uh, like like heat protection things like that. Yeah. Also, even like Final Fantasy 15, you make food around the fire with oh, your friends and hang out. Boy. Like those memories, I also have very positive. Oh. And the food looked amazing. So you know, new games that do it, it, it's more of a gives you stat bonuses. You have more control over it. I like that a lot. But as far as finding food randomly all over the place, Castlevania is really the, the key in that one. I think food have, has definitely become much more appetizing as the generations have come, come and gone. Uh, yeah, like those the Final Fantasy food, like, God, I mean, you could just look at those and get hungry. But back in the day, I mean, it, it, I, I would, uh, would kind of, anything that had, like, the barbecue ribs, just a big plate of barbecue <laughs> ribs on something, like, it, I would just laugh immediately, and it was just, but it was it was just about in every game it seemed like, and I love to see that. I don't think I really have any specific game as far as power ups go. Uh, I do remember, you know, the complete nightmare that is Burger Time, you know, where the where the uh, the food is actually chasing you. They mm. want to eat you. Uh, but yes, I I think the the barbecue plate is is my all time favorite. So uh, thank you, Bradley, for writing in. And next up is give Rodney a chance, and he's writing in about spoilers. <laughs> Hey, cowards, if you're discussing <laughs> retro games, you can talk spoilers freely. If any of these if any of these strap hangers haven't played the game yet, it ain't on you. Balls up, homies. I do want every email then with balls up, homies. I think that's a new thing we need to do. Um, I, look, we talked about it today even, where I was like, sorry, we're going to tell you the ending. I don't mind for a lot, especially an action game or whatever, I don't mind going through and telling you what the boss is. Uh, specifically, I think this is targeting our last episode on Silent Hill 2. There are a handful of games that I would say are, are that we've covered that I really don't want to spoil for people. I think that it's worth them to you know find out the story and experience it because it's really good. And Silent Hill 2 was one of those. It's also one of the newer games we've covered, even though it's still not a new game by any means. So, you know, we also get complaints when we do spoil games. So we can't win. But generally, I agree with you. If it's an old enough game, especially an old action game, I have no problems just ruining, uh, not ruining it, uh, explaining the ending of the game. But a game like Silent Hill 2, I I stand by my decision not to. I mean, I got to say, yeah, I I think there's clearly, I think there's a line there. Well, first of all, I know myself personally, I, I, if I click on any kind of podcast or YouTube video for a video game, I know... Um, I've already had that conversation with myself in my head that I'm okay uh, if there's a spoiler in there because, I mean, half the time there is. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's an older 
game um yeah that's not very story heavy like you dropped the fucking bombshell about dr wiley on this episode um i I think that passes but if it's a really story heavy game i think traditionally we we've we've kind of kind of let it slide and you know and and not spoil things too much i mean the only there's there's an inherent trouble though when you're trying to review something in depth and you want to review the story of it um a lot of times shit's gonna have to come out and and it might not be stuff that you wanted to know about the game but i mean it's stuff that i feel like has to be discussed to to really put your your thoughts on the game out there um so i don't know i i mean i imagine at this point in time anyone that's been around with us for you know, a number of episodes now knows to kind of, kind of come in with caution. Um, if it's a game you're interested in knowing, uh, the, the ending of, uh, on your own accord, you actually want to play through, maybe, you know, do something wild, like play it through, um, and then come listen and, you know, kind of, kind of match your thoughts up with ours. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we do a pretty, pretty fair job of it. Um, I mean, we're not going to change anyway. Uh, either, you know, probably out of spite, we're not going to change, if nothing else. I think that's a new tagline for the podcast. A lot of times, shit's just going to come out. A lot of times, <laughs> shit is just going to come out. Um, and and you might not like it. Yeah. Uh, you, might, yeah you might, I, though. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> you might. You might. I've been on that time... corner of the internet on accident. <laughs> on accident, in air quotes. On accident, yes. Uh, no, I literally just like a month or two ago, like I had somebody on the YouTube channel for our Out of This World review comment and say, thanks for ruining the game. Guess I'll never play this. Oh, so it's like, guess what? You never were. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, are you I've... fucking kidding me? Like, this game is over, like 30 years old or more. And you're just like, I, that's one of the few things I was like, man, I could, you know, this is worth playing, you know, to show the story and just how cinematic this game was. Thanks for ruining it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, thirty years. I mean, it is a two-hour game. So I mean, it's, know, it's a it's a fucking thirty-minute game. A, a thirty. I mean, but come on, thirty years. People, not everybody has fucking loose schedule like us. Yeah, true. But yes, I I don't think we should have ruined Silent Hill two. I think that is like eighty percent of the the joy of that game. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about the gameplay. Silent Hill two ain't that fun to play, but it. <laughs> It's, you know, the, the most you get out of that is the story. So yeah. I don't think it's, you know, unless we do like a separate thing of like story deep dive or something. Mm-hmm. But if we're just talking about the game, especially for something like Silent Hill 2, um, I, I think it's it's probably best to not ruin that. Silent Hill 3, though, that's a different story. So we'll we'll get to that next year because, uh, good God, that is a story we're talking about from beginning to end. Yes. Uh, anyway, thank you for writing in. Uh, give Rodney a chance. Uh, and next uh, question comes in from Late to Gaming, and he wants to know about mascot characters. And he says, hey, guys, I'm curious about your take on mascot characters, specifically Mario versus Sonic. Obviously, Mario's success has far succeeded that of Sonic. Do you think Sonic's demise was the loss of Sega's console business? It seems like he was never that popular even on later Sega consoles. How about other attempts at mascot characters? What makes Mario continue to work when others fail? Which non-Nintendo mascot is your favorite? Thanks again for putting on a great show and taking the time to read viewer questions. Listener questions, said viewer, it's listener. 
I think uh, Sonic was a big old fucking one-hit wonder. Um, I thought that it was a neat gimmick. I, uh, the whole thing, nothing was centered around how well the game plays or how well the game controls. The whole thing was just how fast can we move this character <laughs> across the screen. And they parlayed a handful of games out of that of questionable quality. Um, I, I thought the first two Sonic games where I, I, you know, I thought two was probably as good as you're going to get with a Sonic game. I thought that, uh, those games for me, I mainly played because I loved, uh, some of the levels in it. They, they would hit you with some, some really unique level design in those, but I, I was never a big fan of kind of the, the, the maze like structure of them. Obviously there's a track they want you to follow. And if for some reason you took hit, or you weren't going fast enough and you got thrown off that track, those levels just became a mess of, you know, just kind of jumping around, trying to find a spring or trying to find a ramp to hit to, to kind of get back on track. Um, so I, I just, I don't think they, being Sega, really had a lot of plans um, as far as how to innovate Sonic, um, as far as side-scrolling goes. Uh, on the Genesis, and you know the side the the Dreamcast games, I thought were decent. Uh, but going back to play them now, they they, eh, they play a little bit of mess. Uh, they they really do. And I felt like Sega could never really nail down a great story with Sonic. Uh, I, I felt like it was kind of at its peak when it was bare. It was really bare bones on those, those side scrollers. But as soon as they started trying to, you know, have, have a lot of dialogue or a little more story, they could never nail it. Um, I, I think Mario has done so well, uh, because he's, he's just kept it fucking simple. Um, they haven't tried to do anything really extravagant with him story-wise. And, and I feel like all of the Mario games, um, whether people, like we talked earlier, Mario, while doing different shit, always gets the same old shit thing. Um, yeah, you're always rescuing fucking Peach. Yeah, it's always Bowser. But yeah, it's always good. And and I think even with this last one with Odyssey, I they just find a way to continue making these games so good and and so much fun and they really found a great difficulty level with those games too wherein you can play through and beat the game without a lot of trouble but there's a lot more to collect and a lot more to unlock if you want to continue playing through and get that that increased difficulty uh with sonic i, I just felt like they never really had a solid plan and we've lord knows we've seen what's become a sonic you know, ever since the Sega consoles were gone and he's, you know, starred in several games, all the questionable quality. Um, and even that Sonic 4, when he had the return to the side-scrolling uh, form, I just, I just couldn't get on board. I just think Sonic was just a fucking big blue tech demo that fucking, you know, they got a few games out of and then really didn't know what to do with him. Uh, when it was time for him to to step out of just the the side scrolling world, but as far as my 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 favorite otherwise, it, that's tough because I don't like a lot of mascots. I really don't. Um, I got to give the nod though, uh, I, and I'm gonna go. Uh, the the easy thing to do would just you know just 
go the next closest thing after Mario, maybe Donkey Kong, somebody like that. Banjo-Kazooie always did me right. They, they always did me pretty damn good, even nuts and bolts that had me fucking cursing, um, angry, and vowing to, to never play again. Uh, old Banjo-Kazooie always warms my heart when I see those guys. I'm shocked you didn't pick Alex Kidd, Billy. Oh, that well, it was right between. Well, my second place um, <laughs> ended up being a tie between Alex Kidd and Bubsy. I was gonna say Bubsy's the other one you always go with. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I had to rule both them out because I couldn't pick between them. Yeah, I mean, Mac- Mario is is kind of a. I mean, it's a very quality product, right? Nintendo doesn't just throw out a Mario game. They don't just say, "Oh, let's oh, no. let's find Mario and put him in every single game we have." It felt like that on the Nintendo at first because he's a referee or whatever in every game. But that they aren't Mario games. He's just in a game as as a Nintendo guy early, and then later on, you know, everything that's a Mario flagship title is, you know, even if you don't like you know, Mario Galaxy Two or Mario Sunshine or whatever, they're still quality products. Um, and, and while they didn't try to do anything extravagant with Mario as far as with story or whatever, at the same time, I mean, I don't really care for Mario 64. I didn't at the time. But you can't say it wasn't groundbreaking. You can't say they didn't try mm-hmm. to, you know, they really mm-hmm. tried to refine a solid 3D action title. Where I think Sonic never really was able to pinpoint that down, uh, especially early on, I, I think. Like, I like those Dreamcast. The first Dreamcast Sonic, Sonic Adventure, was fun. But I still felt like when your whole gimmick on the 2D platform was to go as fast as you could. That doesn't translate to 3D very well. Uh, I mean, now with current graphics, you can do it a little better, but at the time, you really couldn't. So instead, I felt like there were lots of sections in that game where when it's supposed to make it feel like you're flying, that you're super fast like Sonic, you're just on rails. You're not doing anything. You're you're starting a sequence, and then it, it goes through these like really fast loops or whatever, and then all of a sudden, it's back to where you can control them as he runs back and forth. Like It, it just really, they, they haven't really done a good job of making Sonic uh, in 3D work very well. I think Sonic Colors is good because I think it's a, a modified 2D game with some 3D sections, but it's not like, I had the the Wii Sonic and the Secret Rings. That's one where they tried to, where it's all like a I mean, behind Sonic as he's running like through these tunnels and it was just not I didn't care for it. I finished it, but only because I, I felt like I had to after paying for it. But it was not fun. And and that doesn't even touch on some of the worst of the Sonic games. I, I just don't think it's the same level of quality and effort put into Sonic as opposed to Mario. I think with Mario, you know, if you want to make a Mario game, you want it to be good. With Sonic, I felt like they just felt like they had to use Sonic to do something to keep him out there. Uh, As far as other mascots, I I mean, I don't think any of them are nearly as big as the two you just mentioned. I mean, you've got Bonk for the TurboGrafx. It was fine, but he only had a handful of games. Uh, You know, you mentioned Bubsy is kind of a joke. Same with with, uh, Alex Kidd. I guess on, on... what Crash Bandicoot maybe was was another one on the on the the PlayStation that would have kind of been that mascot feel as opposed to just a game that has a lot of the same character. Uh, a lot of the ones they tried when they made 3D games, especially the Sony ones, were were laughably bad. Like Blasto, remember Blasto? He was supposed to be a big Whoa, thing. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and, uh, and I just I, I can't think of another mascot of that level that was that good. There's definitely games where there's characters I love. I love the Oddworld games. I think those are cool. I think that Abe is is a neat character and. That world is cool, but I don't think of them as mascots. It's just like another character that has games. So maybe I'm defining mascot badly, but I can't think of any other on the level of, of Mario or Sonic. I guess Bonk's the closest I'm going to get. I, I'm with you guys. I think that just Mario was curated much better by Nintendo for the most part uh, and used in a much better way. I I will still say that Sonic 1 through 3 is actually, they're, they're actually really good games. I, I think they're quality video games, quality platformers. It's just after that, in that that kind of, you know, even you know the Sega CD version was really good. 30, 32X 
wasn't bad. It was a pretty neat little game. I, I think we should cover that someday because it's just so, so weird. Knuckles? But, yes, Sonic and Knuckles. Or not Knuckles Sonic, Chaotix. Knuckles, we can do that. We Knuckles can cover Chaotix, that. yes. Yep. Uh, just a weird, stupid game, but it, it's it's really neat and different, which I think, you know, maybe Sonic could have used a little bit more of that. But after that, it seemed like they just kind of lost their way, you know, especially on the Saturn, you know, Sega just kind of splooged Sonic all over the place. You know, they had that racing game uh, with him in it. And, you know, they tried to do the um, uh, that kind of top down one that was that was on the Genesis Sonic as well. Blast. Yes, uh, that was not great. Uh, they attempted to do a 3D kind of Mario 64 version, which never made it to market mm-hmm. at all. And really, they they only kind of got Sonic back under un, trying doing Sonic things in 3D on the Dreamcast, which was a neat game. But I don't think either of those two games hold up very well at all to the, today. And since then, the only Sonic game that I really enjoy is Sonic Generations. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually a really good Sonic game, and it's just a collection of of him over the years of and a, and a good combination of classic Sonic with with the newer Sonic and. Uh, that's neat. That's a cool thing. Oh, and uh, Sonic Mania. Mania. Sonic Mania is good, but you could tell Mania was, you guys like the original Sonics, let's do that again. Like, yeah, yeah, they it, didn't try it, to do yeah. anything new there. It's it's entirely focused on, on appeasing people who only like Sonic 1 through 3. Yeah, that's the sequel we probably should have got back in the day on the Saturn, but since it was 2D, you know, nobody wanted to do that. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I have a place in my heart for Sonic, but it's just that Nintendo has done a much better job with Mario over the years of quality control i guess because sonic has just went everywhere uh over the years and it, it has its fans those fans are kind of weird but you know as far as quality games go i, I don't think there's been as many i i can't believe either of you didn't name the one true uh, mascot character which is gex and ah oh, i did forget about gex how what a shame <laughs> no no one's ever beaten him so that's 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 what i'm gonna go with uh, so yes, thanks. Thank you, Late to Gaming, for writing in. Next up is Logan H. He wants to know about the PS5. Any of you guys getting the PS5 on launch day? Nah. Um, I, I I'm of the same mind with both uh, consoles coming. I'm getting them. I'm gonna get them. I, I'm not one of those that, that's gonna say I don't need them because I I fucking do. I just I, I came to a strong realization. Well, one. Um, I don't foresee them being that kind of thing that is going to be impossible to get hold of. I'm not really in a rush. I don't like buying things right at launch anyhow. Um, I, I like to let things I like to let things be out there for a little bit first, kind of get an idea if there's any fucking horrific flaw or anything like that. Plus, I've got so much shit to play um, and, and bringing another console into the house. Uh, is the last thing I need to do right now. Um, I, I have taken a heavy inventory, and and I mean I've got enough shit on you know even the Xbox One and the PS4, even on the old Switch. Um, I, I've got enough, and I'm finally sitting down and kind of playing through things here and there, and I don't really want to interrupt that. Plus, I'm not really uh, wowed by any. Any launch titles right now? There's nothing out there that's grabbing me. Um, I and you know I, I'm not going to plunk down on a PS5 just so I can play my PS4 games on it. 
um, right now. I mean, there's some cool looking stuff on there, but it, it's just nothing that uh, nothing I'm sitting here salivating over. So it's coming. Uh, it probably will by the end of the year. Uh, but nah, no, uh, there weren't any intentions on my part to, to rush out at launch for uh, for either of the new consoles. Yeah, I didn't get a PS4 for a couple years out of, out of launch. I still don't have a, and will probably never get, unless I find it super cheap later, uh, an Xbox X, Xbox One X or whatever, or Xbox One. Uh, I just, unless there's a game I need, I can hold off. Uh, also, my kids aren't old enough to need the current newest systems. They have a Switch. That's what they're going to play for a long time. So I don't have that pressure to like, Dad, I really want a PS5. Where I like, well, I kind of want one too. I'll go ahead and grab one. That would be for me. No one else is going to use it, so I can wait. Uh, I think the only game so far that they've announced that I'm super jazzed about is Final Fantasy 16. Uh, I'm sure I'll have one by the time that comes out. But I, I'm in no rush to get one on launch day. I mean, if I see it, I'll probably grab one, but I am not expecting to see a PS5 until like early next year, at least mm -hmm. on store shelves. The way it's going now, the whole pre-order thing was, I mean, they were gone within a second. And with how they're doing it on launch day, you know, Sony's even saying, like, they're not even going to let you come in and, and buy it physically. It will be online sales only. I, I, I can't, I don't know if that's, like, their own stuff or, like, others. I don't know how they can, like, do that in actual stores. But that's that's kind of, the, that was the news story I, I saw the other day. But, yeah, I... This is this is the hottest thing this year, uh, technology-wise, electronics-wise. I don't think we're going to see one before Christmas unless I just get lucky and see one in some random Walmart somewhere. But yeah, as soon as I see one, I will grab one because I'm definitely, I definitely want one. And it's, the sooner I can get it, the better. Otherwise, I'm just going to spend that money. But yeah, thanks again, Logan H, for writing in. We will get that PS5 someday. And our last question comes in from Burger Champ. He wants to know about board of video games. Or he's saying he's bored of video games. It's a nice pun there. I don't remember. <laughs> no, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> you got to read it. It makes sense then, God damn it. Well, it'd be, yeah, we could spell it out. I got it, though. I yeah. got what you're aiming at. I don't remember if any of you have discussed whether or not you enjoy tabletop games. That being said, that that being said, what video game, retro or otherwise, otherwise do you think would make a good tabletop game? Would it be card-based, dice-based, or something else? Also to Billy, what's your favorite game of the year so far, and why is it Hades? <laughs> I think uh, um, there's probably, if you combine all the uh, what-have-you-been-playings for the last couple of months on this thing, you might have a nice little compendium of why it's Hades. Um, actually, I, I will say this. Um, game of the year... For me, I, I you know the year's not over yet. Um, it's not as it's it's not the landslide you might think it is. Um, but no, Hades a, a tremendous game. Um, as far as translating over, that's a tough one because um, I do love a, a good tabletop game. I, I have got a ton, everything from kind of your your traditional your clues, your monopolies, uh, you know, just some other stuff. I, I, and I do love a good video game board game or card game. I, I really thought the, the portal, uh, board game was, was really good. Uh, the dark souls card game is, is excellent. Uh, and that's one of those rare ones that you can, you can solo if you want to. And it's actually a, a, a pretty decent experience. I, I think it's one of those, the more the merrier, um, but that translated over really well. And I don't know. I, and I think there are certain qualities in games that, that translate them over to a board game 
a little better. Uh, you know, growing up in the eighties, they they tried to make a fucking board game out of everything, and it didn't. So I played enough failed uh, board games to know that you know just because something's pretty cool outside in in the video game realm or the movie realm, that that doesn't mean it's going to be that good out there on the table. That being said, I mean I don't see why you couldn't do. Uh, something along a Legend of Zelda, more you know, kind of more accurately, uh, a Breath of the Wild, um, mostly dungeon-based though, or shrine-based. If you're going from that game and do that in kind of a deck-building kind of card format, a lot very similar to the Dark Souls card game, uh, where it's kind of randomized as far as the enemies, and you kind of lay out this this you know dungeon, or or if you do a shrine from that one, something along those lines. Uh, you know, a lot of action games, a lot of side-scrolling games. I I just don't see quite how you could do it. I mean, companies are fucking pushing them out left and right. Uh, personally, I still have to run down to Target and pick up that Binding of Isaac card game, which I am excited to get into. But yeah, I, I think you totally could with something like a Zelda, but you would have to kind of kind of shrink it down and and just have it, you know, kind of a dungeon-based Zelda rather than just the, the whole overworld adventure. Yeah, I also play a lot of, uh, well, I would love to play a lot of board games. I haven't recently, other than kids' board games, and that does not count. I did pick up the Dark Souls uh, card game uh, yeah. that you mentioned. I don't, I don't have the, the full board game, but there's a there's a card game that you can play oh, on your board own. Game, board game's shitty. Card game is where it's at. Yeah, card game's fun. I can see how that would be a lot of fun uh, with, with multiple people because it really is designed uh, to kind of play with other people. You can play by yourself, and it's easier that way because you, you can really manage exactly what you're going to do, but but it's still neat. Uh, I think a, another kind of game series that would be fun to play it would have to be a card game or or at least some way with like a, a randomized power or collection uh, would be like a Persona game. You could turn that into a pretty neat game with a with the capture technique, where you kind of find the the new powers you get by uh, by by capturing people, not capturing, but uh, by by having new personas. You find new personas as you fight. So so getting those in the game that could be pretty fun. Uh, I also love, uh, I mean, a game like uh, I don't know if you played Boss Monster. That's another card game that's kind of based on the theme of being the the bad guy in an eight bit dungeon. And so you build your 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 levels out uh, with cards to kind of stop the bad the good guys from coming and killing you and you get points based on that so i really i mean i like a lot of card games and stuff that are based on the theme of video games but not necessarily too many that are specifically tied to one game dark souls is kind of the exception there um yeah i think persona would be a fun one to do and, and i love when there's a a good variant uh, like i'm like i'm playing through the necromunda game now i just finished that and i would love to find you know people to play that with that aren't randos online to to try to build gangs and actually fight against each other like i did when i was playing the miniatures game that would be super fun uh, i don't expect that to ever happen but that would be cool i I'm always cautiously fascinated by tabletop games. I've never actually played one. I do own one. I own the Bloodborne card game over there. Mm -hmm. It's still wrapped in plastic because it requires three people to play, and I only have one real-life friend. So I have never actually been able to play one. And generally, I think that's uh, you know the thing that's stopping me from playing most of these tabletop games is that it requires other people to play them. And I just don't know enough people to really get one of those going me and my brother, actually, when we're going out on the weekends, you know, we sometimes stop into these uh, tabletop stores. And it's really cool to, to sit there and just kind of watch these people because they have several tables set up for different games. And, you know, there's always people playing them. And it's just crazy to me anyway, for someone that's never really played any of these. You know, they've got like tape measures out, like measuring things to see if they they got a hit or something like that. You know, for some of those like old World War, World War II games. 
Um, you know, and stuff like even like the Dark Souls 3 tabletop game, not the card game. I saw someone playing that. That's I like the little figurines that are in them. I want to paint them, but mm. I don't know if I want to play it. But uh, as far as like games that I could see that I could I would totally be into if it was actually released. I think most games that I would be into have already been released. I know there's like a Resident Evil tabletop game. Uh, there's a Fallout tabletop game, uh, Bloodborne, Dark Souls. I'm about the only thing that's missing that I could think of would be like someone please make an armored core tabletop game. I think that would be amazing. Also maybe a final fantasy tactics card or, or tabletop game. I think that would be, I think that'd be kind of neat, but yeah, I am, I'm not the, the tabletop game guy. Maybe someday I will be brave enough to make one other friend to play this, this bloodborne game. I've got sitting over here. That's still wrapped in plastic. Uh, but we'll see. I don't think I've descended quite into the state of depressed madness to hook up a Zoom call and play with, with randoms online or something like that. But anyway, that's going to do it for questions this week, guys. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. We will be back next episode. If you want to write in, please do so at Retrovania.net. It's that website that I swear to God I'm going to update this time. By the time you get to that point, go to the website, scroll down. There's a question form yes a question form you can fill that out send it in we will answer your questions here and next week uh we've we've actually got a few that i have not been able to read for this one so uh bear with me we will get to you next week and our next show is going to be another patron request on the nes so look forward to that in two weeks but yes if you have questions please send them to us via the form on retrovania.net there's also links to all of our social media like we've explained every time before and if you're interested in bonus episodes there's two per month minimum uh, we're getting close to that 50 patron backing line where at that point we'll have to add a third bonus show uh, as promised so if you're interested in additional shows that are not available via the main feed please check out our patreon the link is always in the comments and it's also on retrovania.net and we will see you next time